0: different from petting zoos um, and things of that nature because all of our animals free-range and free-ranging I think brings a whole host of benefits especially because they're all together the cows are commingling with the goats are commingling with the chickens and ducks and um, we use this just as nature would use this to support each other.
1: Welcome to Plant Based DFW with Dr. Riz and Maya.
2: I began to follow the Florida rescue farm on Instagram a while ago, mainly because our sailboat is located in Florida. I quickly became enamored by the animals as as I learned more about them. And soon after Hurricane Florence hit the east coast of the country, I touched base with this sanctuary. I wanted to know what we could do to help raise awareness about the loss of animals during natural disasters. In this episode, Kelly and Glenn take us on a virtual tour of their sanctuary and explain to us how the animals end up on their farm. You will hear and see animals throughout the video. And you will also hear the story of personal transformation that Kelly and Glenn underwent as they went from homesteaders to caregivers of rescued animals. Yesterday was Giving Tuesday. It's an opportunity to donate to your favorite charity or organization. Please visit FloridaRescueFarm.org to see how you can help. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi guys, today we're going to meet Glenn and Kelly of the Florida Rescue Farm. Glenn Moresca and Kelly McCormick are the founders and owners of the Florida Rescue Farm. Their mission is to provide a home, a safe shelter for unwanted farm animals. They also provide a compassionate environment where the animals are respected and can live a life free of fear. They adopt animals that have been surrendered by their um, owners or animals that have been abandoned and are found by concerned individuals or by animal rescue organizations. To assist in sustainability, they also rehome some of these animals to carefully screened families.
1: They offer sanctuary to chickens, ducks, geese, goats, cattle, and other livestock. Although they would love to take in all the creatures that need them, space is limited. Welcome, Kelly and Glenn.
3: Welcome, guys. How are you? uh, Good Good morning, morning, Dr. Riz. Um, Thank you for having us. And welcome to Florida Rescue Farm. This is my buddy, (laughs) movie.
2: You guys have floods regularly, don't you?
0: The flood is very challenging. Um, In the past seven years, our land has started to flood every year.
3: Every wet season.
0: Every wet season. Every summer, we get a a good solid flood. And at first, um, it was horrible because everything we had built was out in the floodplain. But we've moved everything up front And now it's almost a bonus because it makes the pasture better. It's fantastic for the ducks and geese. And just like most of nature, you just have
3: to adapt to it. Trying to work with it and after the flood recedes, um, the pasture is fantastic. Um, So what we're trying to do is is keep it as natural as possible without um, suffering any type of uh,
1: disaster. Let's start from the beginning. How did you guys establish your sanctuary?
0: Well, our journey to um, becoming plant-based and becoming a farm sanctuary was um, kind of long. We started out as homesteaders. We moved here um, approximately 12 years ago. And our goal was we wanted to homestead. We wanted to get out of the commercial food system because um, the commercial food system is so fraught with um, with disease and with chemicals and with all kinds of things you don't want we wanted to eliminate aisles in the grocery store um, and we wanted to make all of our own stuff and so we came out here with full intentions of raising our own vegetables killing our own animals doing all those things and
3: um we actually were quite successful at it we were homesteaders of the year in 2014 for mother earth news and um it's funny because if we go back to read that article and we've changed so much in the last four years. Um, our journey to plant-based is, is, is a, quite a long story, but we'll try to keep it short.
0: Um, the thing was this, like the longer, the, the more we were around these animals, the more we realized that they have families and they are sentient. They're just like us. They have the
3: same, they have the same wants and needs as us.
0: I, and you can't You cannot kill them simply for the selfish reason of eating them. It's wrong.
3: When there is no need to.
1: So it sounds like that you had quite a transition when you uh, changed your homestead into a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who are some of the people who uh, give animals to you?
0: We get animals from a lot of sources, and um, a lot of those people are just in difficult places where they can no longer care for their animal. And what we feel is very important is that people know we are not here to judge them. We are here to take their animal and give it a good life. Um, so don't abandon your animal. You know, find a farm rescue and talk to them and, and find a good home for it instead of abandoning it and then we'll have to rescue it anyways.
3: And a lot of times it's people. It's, it's a hardship situation or whatever the situation. And like Kelly said, we don't want to judge someone we just want the animal to be taken care of um, and that's where we come in and this is Alfred
0: and, um, <laughs> Alfred's humans were fa- are fantastic people. fantastic
3: people and they found themselves in a situation where they just could no longer care for him um, for whatever their reasons were but um he is a great spirit and he is a good animal and,
0: um, and a lot of people, they just get old or, the, or they have an accident and they become disabled and they can't care for their animals and that's and why a we want times, to
3: be here. Also, they'll be moving and they can't take the goat to the pigs because where they're going, those animals aren't allowed. So um, people need to realize when you take an animal, it's a lifetime commitment. Um, it should be no different than taking a dog or a cat. Um, you should be able to take your animals with you. So we either need to change laws like that or you need to go somewhere that will take your animals and and honor your commitment to that animal. Um, But if you can't, there are sanctuaries out there and that's why we're out here. And um, a lot of hardship cases we will take. And especially, um, I'm very happy with my friend here.
2: Alfred is so precious. I can't imagine anybody wanting to eat him. What other animals do you guys have in your farm?
0: We have a great list of people that have opened their homes and their farms to take in livestock, not as something to eat, but as a pet like you would a dog or cat. We also partner with a fantastic sanctuary, Critter Creek Sanctuary. Um, They have been a blessing to us and to many other people for their cows. Cows are extremely hard to rehome and they provide a wonderful place for these animals.
1: So tell us about the kinds of animals that you have.
0: We have a wide variety of animals here. Um, We have cows, uh, as you've seen, we have goats, we have sheep, we have a variety of waterfowl. We're fortunate enough, we have a pond on the property. So we have um, a mute swan, a multitude of geese and different domestic ducks. We also have um, a rabbit refuge where um, we adopt domestic rabbits and let them live in more of a natural way. We have a bunch of chickens um, and two wonderful pigs.
3: This is Jelly, and this is Butters.
0: This is Butters' daughter, Katie May. This is Butters'
3: daughter, Katie May. <laughs> and this is Peanut, and they are type of animals we take. We don't take um, dogs and cats. No. We take almost everything else, <laughs> um, uh, and as you can see, they're they're doing all right.
2: I wish I could reach out and hug them. Um, how do you find your sanctuary? We
0: are a hundred percent run by volunteers. All of our hours are volunteer hours. We have several wonderful volunteers that come out and help us and that means that every donation we get goes directly to the animals it goes directly to hay to grain to vet bills to to wormer everything goes directly to the animals and we donate to ourselves as well because we really believe in what we're doing
3: we feel that if we could not get one donation that we should still be able to run this farm and take care of the animals that was our goal when we started because we didn't want to take in a bunch of animals and then uh, see them suffer in the long run. Um, so we basically, we, ha- we get donations, but we are also funding ourselves. Um, the volunteers we get are far and few between because we're so rural. But
2: they're but, wonderful. Um, they
3: are great volunteers.
2: And what is sponsorship? How can people learn more about that?
0: This is Gogo. He is one of our sponsored roosters. Um, We offer sponsorship for all the animals on the farm. This gives people a chance to care for the animals um, that they meet and that they love. Some people see them on social media and fall in love with an animal. Some people visit the farm and a certain animal resonates with them. And in order for them to be able to help them more, we have a sponsorship program. Your sponsorship will provide food, um, medicine, wormer, vet care and shelter for these animals.
1: How does a sanctuary differ from a petting zoo?
0: We're very different from petting zoos um, and things of that nature because all of our animals free-range and free-ranging, I think, brings a whole host of benefits, especially because they're all together. The cows are commingling with the goats, are commingling with the chickens and ducks, and um, We use this just as nature would use this to support each other.
1: Do you ever turn animals away?
0: When we're unable to find a home um, on our sanctuary for an animal, we reach out to many different resources. Many of these resources are um, private people who are willing to take farm animals into their home and into their family as a pet, not as, as an object. Um, we also reach out to sister Sanctuaries, and I'd like to give a big nod to Critter Creek Sanctuary. Chris and Erin Ammerman have been instrumental in rescuing so many cows, multiple bulls, all kinds of cows from all different situations. Um, they've been fantastic, and they are a great new sanctuary that's really helping us out a lot.
3: And I'd like to... Um acknowledge that there are a lot of compassionate people out there um, that are working with us in this um, endeavor to rescue these animals and take care of them. And um, I want to give a big thank out, thank you out to all of them.
2: Can you tell us about your tours? We get visitors from all
0: walks of life. Um, we get vegans that come to the sanctuary to reaffirm their veganism and connect with the animals where they're saving. We get families that bring their children here. We get foster
3: um, groups. We get
0: groups of foster um, children. The
3: Eckerd College Vegan Club, I give a shout out. Which to was you. fantastic. Which was one of the best days here because yes. it was 40 vegans on the property. Yes. And, um, it but was we great. get
0: all kinds of people. And the thing we want to let people know, if you come here and you're not vegan, we're not going to torture you. We won't you. abuse <laughs> you.
3: Um, we um, want you to, to, to and, and it's all part of the education process, w- which our tours, our private tours, we try to educate the public uh, at whatever level you're at right now and, and get to meet the animals. And let you know that these animals are sentient and, and, and um, full of life. And, and deserve and deserve life.
0: And, you know, here's the thing. We're not here... I'm, I'm not here to show you, you know, horrible photos of bad things happening to animals. We know that happens, and that's fine. We're here to help you celebrate the life of these animals. We want people to come here and see these animals and realize that they are amazing uh-huh. sentient beings, and they deserve your respect, and they deserve... A full life,
3: and I can tell you from from doing the private tours that the people that come here that are non-vegan or are still meat eaters, um, they leave with a different view, um, and they they actually start to understand what the process is instead of being bombarded with images, which I'm not saying that's bad. No, that does have its place. That does have its place because it works. Um, But I'm saying here you can come and you can stand in a field and and a cow will walk up to you or a goat will walk up to you and and you'll get a better understanding of of how um, sentient these beings really are. And it's important to realize, to meet what you eat, yeah, because um, you need to understand what's involved in the process of of a packaged um, food.
2: Aside from your tours, what other educational programs do you offer the public? When we started
0: our rescue, um, our sole cause was to provide safety, shelter, and dignity for farm animals in need. And this was because we worked with wildlife groups. We didn't work with a lot of individuals. And so our sole thing was giving animals a safe place to live where they would not be harmed. Dignity. Yeah, and dignity, where they where where they could live a good, solid life. Um, as our rescue has evolved, we realize that you're just curing you're you're just curing the symptom. You're not curing the cause. And so, by providing education to families and to children and to anyone interested in this sort of lifestyle, you are actually in, enhancing the chance that someday. There won't be cows that are going to slaughter, there won't be pigs that are going to slaughter. If you teach people about how amazing these animals are, there won't be a need for us anymore.
3: The education part is super important, especially for the young kids and the children, because they they really get it. Um, whereas most older people have established in their ways, and, and they're very hard to change, But um, I find that a lot of the the younger people that come here are on the verge of becoming vegetarians or vegans and they just want to or confirm their veganism by by seeing um, the animals that they they are saving.
1: I'm curious to know what are some of the challenges you face?
0: One of the most significant difficulties um, just on a personal level is that this is a 24-7 job. We have to have someone at the farm 24 hours a day seven days a week to make sure that nothing happens to these animals. It can be roosters that might want to fight. It could be a goat that gets trapped in an area. But you have to have somebody there always to take care of these animals. And um, fortunately, we have Glenn and he does that. But it is, there's no break from this. Once you decide to run an animal sanctuary, it consumes your entire
3: life and part of our our thing we don't really have a staff or or a uh, unlimited amount of volunteers so we are kind of running the show ourselves um we do get volunteers and and uh, we are so grateful for for when they do come out because it's a massive help to us but um there is no there is no gaining any um how should i say good without any sacrifice i mean and And the sacrifice is so little because the reward is so great.
1: How can people come visit your sanctuary?
0: We provide um, farm tours. We provide private farm tours um, throughout the year um, by appointment. And these are educational tours. They aren't really um, a traditional, you go to a petting zoo, you feed animals over a fence kind of tour. When you come out here, you come out in the field and you watch the animals and you see how they live and they come up to you. And will interact with
2: you. It's a very natural way of interacting with these animals.
3: But we really don't host any events yet um, on the farm.
2: How did you guys become vegan?
0: Our transition from a traditional meat-based diet to a plant-based diet
3: was a long one.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a series it, we, of it, steps. It, it
3: came from um, taking an animal. When we started um, the sanctuary. We were not vegans. Um, we weren't even vegetarians. Um, we were still eating I think chicken and, and fish. fish and um and so, dairy products. And dairy. And and what happened was as we got each animal we, we were like, well we got um, we got Willie who who is a vegan, so we just we can't eat pork. We got the movie, we can't eat red meat. We got um, the chickens we held out on, but, uh, but we realized that could. that was out. And then I think that we worked our way. We were eating fish. We were eating salmon like every other night. Like like three days a like week. Like three we days were a week, salmon. we were eating salmon. And then and then finally we said um, the hell with it. And and part of that was because um, when we started out, um, a vegan had called, um, eating like you give a damn, um, Stephanie. Called and she said she was a vegan and she wanted to come visit the farm and at that time we were like um, we're not vegan you know and but you're welcome to come to the farm and her and her husband came out and we had a really good time and we had a great day and um, they enlightened me on on a lot of things that veganism is more than just a diet and it, it's it's not a fad it is it is a way of life and it is a compassionate way of life and. Um, one you can embrace and 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 the benefits are are um many there's many benefits i mean the environment will benefit the animals will benefit um if we can do this it it will benefit um feeding um, poor nations and and stuff like that so it's tenfold by by not eating meat you're not just saving animals you're also helping your environment, and you're also um, moving that forward. So it's a win-win situation. So finally, we went um, plant-based, and I have to say this. Um, I weighed about 210 pounds when we started this thing. I'm down to about 165 pounds. I had high blood pressure. I don't have high blood pressure. I had stomach problems. I don't have stomach problems. Um, they're, they're, the. the and I have more energy than a 60-year-old man should have. Um, you do not need meat, okay? And, and the fallacy that, that vegans are weak or vegetarians are weak is a fallacy because I work probably eight to 10 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, there's, there is nothing that should be holding you back from this for health-wise. And when you embrace it health-wise, you will move forward to realize that it is a form of compassion. And it does, you can help animals. You are helping the environment. And um, these things are super important. They are the topics of our day. Um, And I think that is, our move was a long move. And you don't have to do it all at once. And like Kelly often says, you know, um, three, you have a choice three times a day to choose what what you're going to eat, and you need to make that choice. That's your individual choice. You can choose to eat meat three times a day, or you can choose to eat it once a day, or you can choose to eat it once a week. Um, as as long as you're making a commitment to roll back on 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 your meat consumption, you will be contributing in to to the future of, of our planet and our our animals. So.
0: Every time you spend money on food or a product, you are voting with your dollars. So every time you spend money, if you buy a leather purse.
3: Great points.
0: You are spending money and you are telling people that produce cows for their skin that that is what you want.
3: You don't only vote at a voting booth or a man. You vote every day, every time you spend your money.
0: When you go to the grocery store, and you choose to buy fresh vegetables and any non- from companies that are benefiting
3: yes. the environment. From
0: organic companies and from companies that are actually trying to do better for the environment, you're voting for that. When you go to the grocery store and you buy like the cheap packaged meat, you're voting for animal cruelty. And so you need to realize every dollar you spend, every dollar you spend contributes to um, the world we live in. Yes.
3: Or well, I am no longer going to support this type of or system. Or
0: I'm supporting a more positive system that benefits that the planet and that benefits humans and that benefits animals. Every dollar you spend, you make a choice. So,
3: but we're not going to dwell in a negative, but that's that that is the point I would like to make that you have the option to choose and to vote every single
2: Okay. So eating like you give a damn really played a huge role in your transition, I see. Uh, who cooks the best between you two? <laughs> I do a lot of the cooking.
0: Kelly um, has
3: embraced the, um, <laughs> the, the vegan diet with, with a vengeance. I love um, to cook. She is a <laughs> great cook and I have to say this, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Go, feel free. but the, the, the um, When you switch to a vegan diet, people say, oh, what are you gonna eat? And oh, it's, this is, the food is better. It's a hundred times better. You're exploring spices and vegetables that you've Mm -hmm. never even heard of um, and turning them into meals that are so delicious and good for you. Um, And like I said, I can't, I actually come from a cooking background and um, I, because of my caretaking, I don't have the um, time to put together the, the meals that Kelly puts together, but if you need any recipes, <laughs> this is the girl.
0: I have to tell you, um, I love to cook and I, and I like to cook sometimes complicated stuff, sometimes easy stuff, but um, vegan food is so much fun to cook. If there you ain't are,
3: had a vegan Wellington for Christmas, you ain't had Christmas.
1: Are there any particular films that have impacted you guys?
0: One of the first movies that really affected us, I think, was Cowspiracy.
3: Cowspiracy, Forks and Knives, mm-hmm. um, What the Health.
0: What the Health, I, I, we just recently saw it. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. And,
3: and if you can stomach it, I mean, it's hard Dominion. To, to watch. Earthlings will... Um, wow. I saw.
0: I, I cried the entire time I watched Earthlings. Yeah. And, and that's where, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't need to see that anymore because I know what's going on and I really, uh, I have much respect for the people that do vigils at slaughterhouses and such because yes, that's I, I don't think I, I could do that.
3: Um, my Yes, I give a shout out to yeah. them deep respect because um, that is something that is very hard to do. I have seen firsthand out here, not on a factory level, but on a backyard slaughter level, um, and you still—it's it, it, funny because people like liken it to an awakening because it is like an awakening. Because now, I mean, I used to drive down the road and and see these beef cows out here, and they oh look at those beef cows out in the field, how happy they are, and never realizing that their their children were going to be taken away from them in six months and sold to slaughter. Um, the until I made that connection, so. Uh, Once you become a vegan, um, I like to say like, you're always on the verge of tears because you see the world in a different way. You see animals in a different light. Um, You don't see them as a commodity or a product. If you work with them, you will realize that.
0: And that's where movies like Earthlings and Dominion, um, they have their place. And people, people need to realize, when these animals go to slaughter, they're terrified. They they aren't just wandering into a paddock, oh, do do do, and then I'm dead. No, they're terrified. They can smell the other dead animals. They know what's going it's to happen. It's not like
3: picking a tomato off a vine.
0: No. Okay. And so, movies that depict that sort of situation of violence are necessary. Um, I can't do them anymore. I can't watch those anymore. Yes. But I do enjoy, like, Cowspiracy, um, What the Health. Those are also valuable Walks because- nine
3: is another good well, one.
0: Well, and people who don't want to see the other types of movies, these appeal to you on a health-based level. These say, not only are you saving the animal, you're saving yourself. And so I think that um, both types of, of vegan-based movies are very important.
3: And, and I think that also the vigils and, and the cubes of truth and those things. They have their place. Everything um, has their place, and a lot of everything has their place. And
0: everyone helps in a different way, but we all have the same goal.
3: Right, and uh, like what we do is just a drop of of uh, a drop in the bucket yeah. compared to what a lot of people are doing. Um,
0: but if we all did a little bit like this, if we all chose something to do, and if we all helped, we could we could solve this.
3: Yeah, we can, and 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 it's that easy, and. Um, to put up a fight against it, I still don't understand how you can um, when you see what, what, what is happening um, to these animals and, and the suffering that they go through. Um, nothing should have to suffer like that.
2: So I reached out to you guys um, a while back after Hurricane Florence hit the East Coast and a lot of animals were abandoned, whether they were farm animals or pets. Um, can you tell us more about that and how that affected you guys?
0: Again, one of the problems um, that Hurricane Florence has brought forth is um, the different socioeconomic levels. Wealthier people can afford to have their pets vaccinated, can afford to get out of town, can afford to go to a hotel. Unfortunately, people that are in a lower socioeconomic class cannot do those things. And we see a lot of people abandoning their animals. I cannot imagine coming to a point where I would ever abandon any of my animals. However, if you live in a flood plain and you don't make a lot of money and you couldn't afford to get your pets vaccinated, there's not a single shelter that's going to take them. And so what do you do? And I think it's very easy to look at people abandoning their animals and say they're horrible people. But I also think that society has failed them. We haven't given them an option for a lower cost vaccination. We haven't given them a shelter that will take pets. And so before we look at people and condemn them for what they've done, I think we need to look at ourselves and say, what could we have done to help those people?
3: And it's not an easy, There's no. no easy solution for this, so you really have to, we're going to have to put our heads together and, and to solve this problem because um, you can't bring an unvaccinated dog into a shelter with other exactly. dogs if it has diseases and, and spreads those diseases among the other dogs. I mean, it's... Um, it's a tough issue, and, I, and, and it's one that needs to be addressed. It needs to be I don't addressed. Have a, the, I don't know the solution for well, this. Well, and it
0: needs to be addressed long before the hurricane gets yes. there. This is an issue of why isn't the animal vaccinated? If it is, is there a place for it to go? These are issues that need to be addressed, and unfortunately never are
2: until the 23rd hour, and then there's nothing you can do. Thank you for covering these tough issues. It looks like we have to have a plan in place so that in case we ever have to evacuate, our animals will be protected. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? I am so grateful that we have the opportunity
0: to help all of these animals. And um, I am also so grateful that we have a chance to expose other people to how wonderful these animals are and to give them a chance to live a life and to be better and to um help the planet and help everything on it
3: i think it's important to know that when we started out um we were homesteaders and and you know we had every intention of, of um raising our own meat and killing our animals to eat them um and going through that process is, is what led us to where we are and it kind of morphed all organically to all of a sudden, we're this, and then when we started the rescue, we were like, nobody's ever going to come here to, to, <laughs> to look at farm animals, and um, it seems like the whole um, there's such a a, a swelling of, of of compassion right now in the world, as much as 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 it is needed, and it is coming, and we see it, and people come here every weekend. And to hang out with our animals and stuff and um for us it's not about us it, it, it's about the whole it's a it, it's about people learning about how and how sentient and how important it is that that we take care of our planet and our animals um it, it is very important <laughs> this is brown
0: all is of very, our animals all of our
3: animals and it, most of these dogs are dumped on farms <laughs> and just dumped out here, So, um, but we took them in. And it, it's really, um, what is it? it's become something that I never even realized it would be. And um, it's very humbling and, 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 and sad and, and joyful all well, at once.
0: And now that we know it, now once you find out, like once you really accept and understand what's happening, you want everyone to know. You want everybody, you're like, just listen, you just have to know this. All of these guys are sentient. They all have personalities and feelings just like you. And it opens your mind up to this humongous world of creatures that all think and act like you do. And um, it's now, it's so weird to look back and see that half my life I was blind.
3: Yeah, and I mean, for most of my life I I ate meat, and most of my life I didn't even think about it. No. You know, and um, but it's time to think about it, and and I I just wish that um people will make the connection, and 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 and, and let's move this thing a little faster and get it going as quick as we can.
1: And uh, tell us how people can get a hold of you.
3: Our website address
0: is floridorescuefarm.org, and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Florida Rescue Farm. We welcome volunteers and visitors. Um, Any donations are always accepted. We run hay drives twice a year, which we would love for people to donate to. And really, just um, we welcome you to come out and see the farm, because hopefully it will empower you, or... um, it we give private tours
3: on um, every weekend, um, 9.30 to 11 by appointment only. So you can you can call us or contact us on any of those ways, and we'll try to get you in as, as soon as we can.
0: And um, I've got to say, people that have come on our tours, a lot of them, uh, like the main thing people say, I've never been this close to a cow.
3: Yeah, and I've never petted a cow. Yeah. I've never been as close to a pig or yeah. a chicken or, or any. And, um, and take that funny.
0: opportunity because um, we all go to zoos and see, like you know, elephants and whatnot. But these animals that uh, that populate our planet and that serve people uh, that people eat every night of the week, so you never even have any interaction. I would like to share that.
3: a story about how powerful animals are. Before we go, Maya, um, we had a group of foster kids come visit our farm, and. Um, One of the girls that was there, she was in the foster home for three months and she came from a background, a bad background, of course. Um, But she would not speak. She had stopped speaking. And um, she came to the farm and they brought her out here and we were walking around and um, she was holding the animals and she asked me if she could hold a chicken. And I I didn't realize that she hadn't spoken for almost three months. Um, And she was... um, chasing bunnies with me and talking to me about the animals and stuff. And the caregiver um, was like, she pulled us over to the side and said, you know, um, that girl right there has not spoken since she's been in the foster home for three months. And um, she came to this farm and through the animals, she actually opened up and- um,
0: She was even showing the other kids how to yeah, hold the chicken. she was, was showing
3: really the other cool. kids how to hold the chicken and she was, Um, The bunny thing was hilarious. She was chasing bunnies, trying to get the bunnies, but uh, she opened up here and it was because of the animals and um, I think we're losing our perspective on how important it is to interact with nature and how that can change um, a person's life. And I want to thank Dr. Riz and Meyer. For having us and soon we'll have you out to the farm Um, once again I just want to say thank you Maya for having us and um, we hope to do this again soon
0: and I also want to say I think what you guys are doing is fantastic fantastic.
3: yes I follow dr. Riz and I follow you and um, we love well uh, and, what and you're we doing. can
0: save all the animals we want but it's people like you that get the word out and it's people like you that connect everyone so that they can learn you how to you can do the science is.
3: behind a plant-based diet you can tell them why it works mm-hmm. and why it's good whereas we can just point them in the direction exactly. so we all have our part to play in in this um, bright future that we're going to have
2: well thank you Kelly and Glenn for giving us a tour of your sanctuary and for having the heart uh, to convert your homestead to an animal sanctuary, and we can obviously tell it's not an easy job. Um, we're so happy that we got the opportunity to see the, see the sanctuary and know a little bit more about what it's like. And for people who want to support you, we recommend that they go to your website, FloridaRescueFarm.org, and learn about how they can d- make donations and also about visiting for um, tours and things like that. Thank you guys so much.
1: Yep, thank you. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your lives with us. Take care.
2: have been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. We wouldn't mind a five-star review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.